Chapter Two of Jill's Red Back by Amy Lefevre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabrielle C. Chapter Two. We're to have a governess. Miss Jill, your sister wants to speak to you. Jill was curled up on the nursery hearthrug, reading a storybook and sucking peppermints. She had a slight cold and had not accompanied Jack and Bumps in their daily walk with Nurse. She jumped up with alacrity. Where is she, Annie? Not in the drawing room? No, in the library, answered the nursery maid. Jill dashed downstairs and burst open the library door very noisily. She drew back when she saw a strange young lady in earnest conversation with her sister and she was conscious of a rough head of hair, a buttonless shoe that was being trodden under heel, and some very sticky fingers. Mona turned around. This is one of them, Miss Faulkner. Shake hands with this lady, Jill. Jill cut her hands behind her back. They're sticky, she said, staring at Miss Faulkner in wonder. Never mind, said Miss Faulkner with a smile. You are fond of peppermints, are you? Jill stared the harder, then she said, How do you know? Cook gave them to me. She said they were good for a cold. You do look a little object, said Mona, drawing Jill to her and smoothing her hair as she spoke. She is the eldest, Miss Faulkner. Then comes Jack, then Winnie. They are very backward for their ages, I am afraid, but you will remedy that. Jill's blue eyes scared Miss Faulkner up and down. Who was she? she wondered. Can you read, dear? asked Miss Faulkner. Jill nodded. And write? Another nod. Mona gave her a little shake. Speak properly, Jill. Where are your manners? You are like a little savage this afternoon. I am sure it is high time you had a governess to keep you in order. Mona did not often speak so crossly. Jill darted away with scarlet cheeks and flashing eyes. Who is she? And what does she want? she demanded passionately. Is she a governess? Because if she is, I hate her. Then, flying out of the room, she banged the door violently behind her and raced upstairs, never drawing breath till she reached the nursery. Here she flung herself down foremost on the hearthrug, and when a little time later Jack and Bumps rushed in, they found her still muttering angrily to herself. Jack at once flung himself on the top of her. You are in a tantrum. What have you been doing? Jill would not answer till she had extricated herself from his clutches. Then she sat up and tossed her long hair back from her flushed little face. What to have a governess! Hooray! shouted Jack. Goodbye to nurses who are rotten rot. And I have seen her, pursued Jill, shaking her head mournfully, and I was rude to her. I told her I hated her, and she'll never forgive me. Mona was so cross, and then I was. And, of course, the governess will hate me back and will fight from the very beginning. What was she like? demanded Jack. Like any other person, said Jill's crossly. Is she coming to tea? asked Bumps with round eyes. Jill looked at her small sister scornfully. She's coming to breakfast and dinner and tea, forever and ever. She's just like a nurse, only it will be lessons all day long and punishments. This depressing view had no effect on Jack. We can play truant, he suggested eagerly. 
boys do that when they go to school at least some books they do to be sure he added thoughtfully they always gone to a bad end and wish they hadn't but before the end comes it's jolly is truant a nice game asked bumps jill's brown eyes began to dance with mirth so we will she exclaimed we'll settle what to do at once we must save up bits of cake and biscuits and anything else we can stuff in our pockets for we must have food but objected jack looking thoughtful it's winter and i think you can only be truants in summer you always spend a day in the woods and have a kind of picnic and you must be in the country to do it and we're in a town what does that matter said jill impatiently we'll show how we can truant i'll think of the most splendid things when i'm in bed tonight all her ill temper vanished jill's thoughts in bed were the admiration of her brother his brain was a quick and busy one but nothing to be compared to jill's he laid a foundation for many a mysterious scheme but it was jill who took it up and worked it out bumps was at present a nonentity but she was a sturdy little follower and would as carefully have tried to walk a tightrope as to eat her dinner had she seen the others attempt it when shall we start pursued jack tomorrow i don't know when she's coming jill replied i think we shall have to do lessons with her one day first said jack because we can't be proper truants unless we do oh yes and if it's a very wet day we won't go it was a great disappointment to them when mona came into the nursery that evening and called them to her a very nice lady named miss faulkner is coming to live with us she began i know exclaimed jack she's a governess is she coming tonight oh dear no not for another month when we go down to willowlands the children's faces fell willowlands was their country home and it was only shut up for three months in the winter they liked london best and were always sorry when their time came to leave it mona watched their expressive faces you must try to be very good till she comes she said carefully the time will soon pass jill what made you so naughty this afternoon i was quite ashamed of you jill got very red and twisted her hands together as was her habit when she embarrassed then she looked straight at her sister with a defiant sparkle in her eyes of course we don't like her she said you've told us how you used to hate your governess and we shall do it too oh dear said mona with a smile and a groan i'm always so stupid when i talk to you my governess was very different from miss faulkner she was a tall grim strict old thing who never smiled i found you a very different kind of governess and you all love her i feel sure i wish she was coming now said jill gloomily why what a queer child you are it's only explained jack hastily we settled to do something when she comes and we don't like waiting what is it asked mona unsuspiciously oh it's a secret exclaimed jill we aren't going to tell anyone i hope it isn't anything naughty i wish you would try to be good i can't think why you are always in mischief she left them jill was up on the window seat drumming her fingers on the pane 
i wish he said at length that the king would pass a law that for one day every child could do exactly what they liked and that they could be just as naughty as ever they wished to be why there are crowds and crowds of things i am longing to do only mona would think it wicked and god would too put in jack who in spite of his mischievous rollicking ways had occasional qualms of conscience jill looked at him meditatively i'll try and think god looks the other way sometimes when we're doing things that's what i shall do when i have any children i shall only look at them when they want me to it's a pity this governess isn't coming soon but we'll have plenty of time to save heaps of food for our truant day and now think out some lovely thing to do on it i think said jack i'll keep the food in my plate box that locks up lumps of sugar will be a very good thing to save up and truckle pudding put in bumps anxiously he was only too eager to bring contributions to jack's secret store he kept his box in the corner of the nursery and more than once had to interfere when bumps was eagerly putting all kinds of her favorite puddings into screws of paper and attempting to stuff them in with drier and more suitable food this hope of playing truant did much to comfort them in the dread of possible lessons and punishments jill's program for a truant day became more glorious as time went on and when her imagination sometimes failed before bumps eager and original questions jack came to her rescue and threw himself gallantly into the breach what shall we do if there are no blackberries or nuts in the woods to eat and a mad bull has eaten all our food and the sun has dried up all the ponds and rivers so that we can get no water why you stupid of course we'll go up to a cottage like beggars and they'll give us some food bumps nodded contentedly we'll be pauper beggars with no shoes and stockings and we'll have no hat and they'll tear enormous hole in my frock the time seemed to pass very slowly but the month wore away and then came to move into the country for the first few days after their arrival the children ran wild nurse was too busy unpacking and arranging things to heed them and their adventurous spirits led them into every kind of mischief then mona was appealed to and she made short work of the nurse's complaints i don't care what they do as long as they don't hurt themselves miss faulkner is coming at the end of the week and then she will be entirely responsible for them and so after a long and tiring journey when miss faulkner arrived at the house this is what she saw in the hall bump seated in a large copper coal scuttle which was suspended by a rope from the stair railings above her face pinafore and hands were covered with black coal dust for the contents of the coal scuttle had been hastily emptied into the hall fireplace and bumps had taken her place without a thought of consequences jack with red and hot cheeks was sitting astride of the balustrade and trying vainly to haul up his heavy load being in danger of overbalancing himself with his exertions and jill arrayed in all the coats and wraps that she could find was ambling about on all fours making sudden rushes at the coal scuttle which was just high enough to swing over her head all three children were screaming at the top of their voices and when william the butler came forward to open the door nothing that he could do or say seemed to have any result it was not until a very bright clear voice spoke that there was a sudden hush are these my little pupils jill threw off her disguise and stood upon her feet jack scrambled down from his post 
and Bumps was the only one that continued her occupation. She swung helplessly to and fro and puckered up her face as if she were meditating a weep. "'Take me down, Jack,' she whined. "'I'm nigh!' Miss Faulkner lifted her down. "'Now, what game is this, I wonder?' she said. "'It looks most interesting. Do tell me.' "'It's a princess being rescued from a dragon,' said Jack eagerly. "'And I'm the one who saves her. I'm the prince.' Miss Faulkner smiled, and her smile emboldened Jack still further. "'Everybody is out,' he informed her. "'Mona and Miss Webb have gone to a party. "'We've had our tea, and Nurse has gone downstairs to have hers. "'She's going tomorrow, because you've come, and I'm jolly glad, too. "'And if you make haste and have your tea, "'you can come back and be the old queen who has lost the princess. "'It's a jolly game. Jill and I made it up ourselves.' "'I think I should like some tea very much,' said Miss Faulkner, following William upstairs. "'Won't you all come and talk to me while I have it?' When Mona returned home just before dinner, she found the children clustering round their new governess in the schoolroom, whilst she related to them some childish reminiscence of her own. Their rapt attention proved she could interest them, and Mona said to Miss Webb triumphantly, "'I have succeeded at last in finding someone who will manage them.' Miss Webb shook her head doubtfully. Time will show, she said wisely. End of chapter 2 Recording by Gabrielle C.